Hey, this is Sailor. Welcome to another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. Well, hello, hello. Welcome, guys, to the flip side, the dark side, the underside, the weird side. What's up, people? I like underside. <laughs> the underside. Fucking underside. The underbelly the of the internet. backside. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? How's everybody doing? Oh, hanging in there. That's all. That's about all you can, can say do. these days, right? About all we can do these days. Yep, exactly. Well, going stir crazy. We're back in the studio. We skipped a beat. We all had to kind of. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I had to completely refocus what I do every day. Um, luckily, I still have a job. I'm very thankful for that. But I had to take all of my brand work that I literally do out in public every single day that involves going to places in person and translate that to doing the work online. So uh, Matt is still out there. Ed, you're at home working. Yes, I am working diligently every day uh, to help support, actually supporting other people that are working from home. Right. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Still going out there, macheting my way through all the dumb people, you know. <laughs> so oh my God. to our listeners, I just want to apologize on behalf of the whole crew here for the snafu last week. We missed our uh, Wednesday release. Yeah. Uh, we had some technical technical difficulties. There were some sound quality issues. Um, Ray, I know, was still continuing to have issues even at this recording, and so he is not able to join us. Uh, unfortunately, but I think we've got everything sorted out, knock on wood, so we can uh, continue on here. Don't say that. Get this battle. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) And I do think he wrote, I do think he wrote in his pick also. So yes, he did. He is is still figuring into the outcome of this. Yes, Yes. absolutely. Yep. So, um, yeah. So, you know, missing us missing last week. That's all right. We, we had a little rerun, so that's okay. And we have our Friday, what do we call them? Our Flashback Friday. Flashback, MRW Flashback, Flashback Fridays. Flashback Fridays, which is we're super bringing fun. bringing back the oldies. So here we are. We're back again. And um, <clears throat> we are going to be doing part two of our ZZ Top battle. But before we get into that, and we'll update you guys because I had to look and remember what the hell we did. Um, so, But before that, a um, little bit of news to discuss um, first thing I want to say is like pour one out for Bill Withers. One of just fantastic musician. He passed away um recently, just super sad. Um, really, really loved his music. Um, hopefully he had a, a fulfilling life, but uh just wanted to give a little shout out there. Um, whiskey news. So the one thing I wanted to talk about before we talk about the music. So um, if if people don't know this, and and you might because even craft distilleries are doing it, but our beautiful whiskey distilleries are all pivoting and they are um, either fully stopping production on whiskey or pivoting some of their production to make hand sanitizer um, in specific for our medical workers, which is desperately, desperately needed. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So... um, if you have a local distillery, check on them and um, see if they are making hand sanitizer. Some of them are asking for donations. Some of them are, you know, because some of most of them are donating this hand sanitizer. Some of them are selling it and, you know, the hospitals are, are able to pay for it. Um, but it is, it's, there's a lot of uncertainty with it. The federal government, um, well, let's say the government that oversees this stuff has not been clear quite yet on exactly how this is going to go down as far as taxes. And so here these distilleries are making this and hopefully they are not going to get taxed on it because that would be absolutely disgusting. Um, If your distillery is selling hand sanitizer to the everyday person, um, I have an opinion on that that I want to talk about publicly. I am not a fan of that at all. Um, if you don't have to be out in public working, you don't need hand sanitizer. One of the things that you can do that's really easy, if you have to go to the grocery store, if you can't get delivery, if you can't do curbside pickup, and I understand some places don't have that, please A, wait, make sure you're wearing a mask. Please make sure you're wearing gloves if possible. 
and take a mason jar, fill it up with soap and water, close that mason jar tight, and when you leave the store, wash your hands really well in the parking lot. A mason jar is enough to sing happy birthday twice and wash your hands. So who really needs hand sanitizer are people like my little brother. I call still call him my baby brother. He is a nurse on the front lines in New York City, and he is um, not able to talk about what they have and what they don't have, but I can tell you from many sources that the medical community is running out of supplies, and sometimes they don't have enough hand sanitizer and um, the special soap solution that they use. So we really need to save that stuff for our medical folks um, or folks that have to be out in the public touching people and touching things. So please just keep that in mind before you uh, purchase hand sanitizer for yourself if you're at home. You don't really need it. So that's all I wanted to say there. Alrighty. So tonight, as we get on with us, we are going to do our album battle, our second album battle. And this round, we will be battling ZZ Top's 1981 album, El Loco versus 1983's Eliminator versus 1985's Afterburner. At least it's something we can pronounce this week. <laughs> yes. And no. How many times did I have to play that Google Translate for you guys? <laughs> Big windows. I still, still don't I think we're say saying it. Hey, right. We're, we're going to have to bring up that up again <laughs> I th- soon. I think we are. I'll, I'll have it at the yeah. ready. Hey, real quick. Matt, did you have an article you wanted to talk about on American Rise? I do. And this is not going to make Sailor very happy. Oh, I've heard Mm. about this article. Yes. So, (sighs) sipping my tea to calm myself down. (laughs) As I do every day when I'm working, when I'm on my break, I try to uh, remove myself from the happenings of what is going on in our world. And, you know, I'll. I'll read stuff from Whiskey Advocate or Whiskey Wash or uh, this particular one, which is actually from Men's Journal, I stumbled upon as I was scrolling the uh, Facebooks one day while I was enjoying a delicious salad. Um, <laughs> just painting the picture for you guys. Anyway, uh, but it was so titled... Let's get, let, so hold on. Let's, let's yes. get this right. So you're eating a delicious salad. Are you at home or are you at work? No, I'm at work. Yes. You're at work. Um, you're sitting in a back room somewhere. You are probably uh, sipping on a snifter of something very fine. Yes, from like a, the some sparkling, sp- sparkling water, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue. Uh, like a we have a picture. Yes. Um, <laughs> so this article is titled, and it's pretty simple: the top six American rye whiskeys. I don't know why they chose six. One more than yes. five. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway. Well, they don't know anything about anything. So I was like, okay, I was like, okay, this is a good read. I figure there has to be at least, I don't know, three of the six, at least half of them. I have to agree with, you know, I'm thinking as I'm starting this article and there's no author on this. There's no date of publisher on this. So I have no idea who actually penned this that that just that they were from men's journal. But uh, so this is the list and I'm just going to, you know, throw these out there. So whistle pig tenure, bullet rye. Knob Creek Rye, Templeton, uh, Redemption, and Angels Envy. The okay. top six American rye whiskeys. Mm-hmm. Okay, the author's favorite top six American whiskeys. <sighs> the I author guess, right? who has a completely untrained palate and also does not know uh, what's inside these bottles. You must have visited Indiana a time well, before, I see. <laughs> Technically, all the ryes are American, the American encompassing the American continent, North America. That's not how it works, and you know it. <laughs> Otherwise, Canadians could make bourbon, and they cannot. So, fair enough. <laughs> so, we're going to assume that by American, he means the the uh, United States. In this case, is that what you're saying? If you're talking about whiskey, that is, we know that's exactly how it works. You can't just make up your own fucking category like that. I mean, you can say called Canadian. You could say my favorite, top favorite North American continent. I mean, you would have to explain. Look, hey, I'm going to push out of the correct category. That's fine, but say that. Or just top prize, yeah. 
person doesn't know what's in those bottles for sure, which is fine. It came from Vermont, right? No, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that three of those are the exact same thing. I'm referencing Whistle Pig <laughs> well, here. I know. The, three of those and bottles. three of them are exactly the same thing. Exactly the same mash bill, exactly the same Great. age. <laughs> and it's like, where? And the same yeast. Yeah, it's like, where are there's nothing from like there's nothing legitimately from Kentucky or Pennsylvania or Virginia or New York or Tennessee or Tennessee or Utah just yeah well yeah I'm just saying like technically knob knob Creek is from Kentucky that's a Jim Beam product right uh yes yes okay I stand correct one of six yes right yeah but you know wild turkey Pikesville Baby says, dude, Ritten the wild hat. turkey. Yeah. How about the Dad, dickle rye? Dickle, dad's hat. It's like old, fo- old foe, old foe, even. Yeah. Old foe. Oh, we could go, we, we could yeah. go on yeah. and on here. I mean, could there are so many. That's just off the top, that's just off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> Without there actually are so like, many. thinking about it. So, in summation, yes. to whoever wrote this article, you suck. And uh, come on the show and we'll battle your ass and teach you a thing or two about American rye. Yeah, just stick to writing articles about like cologne and shit or whatever <laughs> Men's Journal does. <laughs> I have no idea. What does Men's Journal write about anyway? I don't know. Like men's stuff? Like best wallets or something. <laughs> <laughs> best wallets. Hey, people are serious about their watches and wallets. I had you no idea. believe me. Yes. I know. I have a very minimalist wallet. I won't drop names here, but I do have a friend who... Uh, depending on the outfit, has a watch and a wallet for every outfit. I know exactly. I think I know who yes. you're talking about. Is it a uh, mutual Instagram friend? No, it is not. No. Oh, okay. You would not know this person, but okay, they are a listener. But I'm not gonna. Well, they probably we, know now because I just said it. But <laughs> we have a mutual Instagram friend that has a watch for. I think every day of the week, every maybe could change three times a day the outfits, probably. <laughs> depending on the season, yeah. and yeah. My morning watch, my afternoon watch, my night. Everyone's watch. got their thing. What the hell? Anyway, let's talk about the rock. Let's do it. Okay, let's review last week. So, um, okay, who was our winner last week, Ed? So last week, uh, we came out with actually two winners. Um, it was Tres Hombres <laughs> and De Guello. Good job. <laughs> nice job. So we have to bring those two forward to tonight's battle because we're jackasses. Well, that's what happens when we have an even number of people on the show. It should either be <laughs> three true. or five. If we're going to have agree. guests, there should be two guests. Oh, hope, yeah. No, Hopefully we were three we should last. Be able to... Oh, no, we were four. You're right. Yeah, we were uh, four. Yeah. That's right. Four of us. It was I don't a even. Hey, look, my brain, all of our brains are functioning. Like, <laughs> I keep saying, you know, like you have background processing in your computer. We all have background processing happening right now that we're not even we aware of. Quarantine brain right now. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. what I'm going to call it. <laughs> Corn brain. One brain. There you <laughs> <Okay>. go. <laughs> now, uh, back to tonight's battle. So, okay, let's do this. Let's talk about um, El Loco as our first album, shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, and now I pulled up something cool for this too. So, El Loco is actually the seventh studio album by ZZ Top. And there will be many people, I think, listening to this show that would think this might be their first album. And I think that's that's really fair at this point. Um, I agree with that. Depending on how old you are. It yeah. was released yeah. in 1981. So, I want to tell you what else was on the top of the charts in 1981. Oh, boy. So, I have this. So, this is the year my little sister was born. And we moved to a really bizarre place in the country <laughs> in the same year. So I have a very, very distinct me- – we left New York City and went to fucking Arkansas, okay? And it's my, li- and it's my little Sorry sister. Sorry to so- our Arkansas listeners out there, but she, mean- she means well by that. It was 1981. They'll get it. <laughs> bizarre. They'll get it. They'll get, I get it. it. Trust I get me. It. <laughs> it was like a little – well, we didn't move to a city. We didn't move to a city. And I'm from New York, New York City in 1981. I left – 
Queens and went to freaking a mountain town in Arkansas. Yeah, it's like you're not even moving like to a, like Little Rock like or anything. It's like a sitcom yeah. in real life here. Yeah. I mean, I could tell you stories that were, oh, God. Okay. Anyway, that's what we're here to talk about. <laughs> Let's talk about what was... And here's another one. I guess we didn't give a shout out to Kenny Rogers either, who we lost as well recently. Mm. Um, someone I saw post because, you know, you always have to find the humor. I forget what the, how the meme goes, but this is the best, you know what I'm talking about, way to. He knew when, when to fold them. Yes. <laughs> right as the virus hits. Like, it's the most Kenny Rogers thing ever. I would agree. Um, so, okay, we had Betty Davis Eyes by Kim Carnes as the number one hit for like ever and ever and ever. Oh, yep. I have to say, I loved that song um, when Likewise. it came out. I listened to it now and I'm like, how did she ever get a singing career? But, you know, that's all right. She, it was different. She was unique. Yeah, for sure. Um, Endless Love by Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. Uh, Lady by Kenny Rogers. Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. Oh, yeah. Celebration wow. by Cool and the Gang. Good times. Your Kisses on My List by Holland Oates. And one of my favorites, <laughs> I Love a Rainy Night by Eddie Rabbit. Oh, yeah. I loved that guy so much. I have no idea why. Wow, what a what a list. <laughs> he was so popular. Um, okay, 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. Hells to the yeah. Um, Keep on Loving You by REO Speedwagon. Oh, I hate man. that song so much. You just t- um, you've taken me back to junior high here. Okay, get <laughs> ready for the next school, one. I'm gonna anyway. sing the next one to you guys. Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. Remember <laughs> the, the greatest theme? American <laughs> hero. hero. <laughs> that show was so. I good. guarantee you, Matt's never ever seen that. I'm one. sure. I know I'm the sure. song. We'll- we and you have to you have to play the song for us and then we'll post um some pictures on Instagram. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I never thought I could feel so free. Flying away on a wing and a prayer. Who could it be? Um also The Tide is High by Blondie. So um very eclectic, I would say. Um, as I'm going through these, because I wanted to look at what was popular on the charts um, for each year that these three albums that we're going to talk about tonight came out, because it's a big transition in the ZZ Top sound. So I always kind of like to see what's going on in music around them. And, you know, I had this really in this, I don't know how to explain the feeling I had, and I'm sure it's because we're all in quarantine, but I feel like music is much less of a connector than it used to be. So I I look at this list and I see there's country artists, there's, um, you know, there's all, it's so, you've got Cool and the Gang, you've got Holland Oates, you've got Kenny Rogers, you've got uh, Sheena Easton, you've got Blondie, you have the Pointer Sisters, um, ABBA, Juice Newton, Neil Diamond, Air Supply. It's, Everybody you know, was listening to this, right? It wasn't that you, know you were why? picking out what you like. It's because it was a smaller world. There was no internet. Exactly. It was top 40 radio, which right. like everybody listened to. And you listened to the same songs as everybody else. Yeah. And everyone listened to what was on the charts. Up, up to more genres of music. You had more. I just feel like we were more connected to each other because you knew everybody was listening to these songs. And also like now... I have to think about like, oh, what do I want to listen to? How do you even like, oh, how, you know, we, we've talked about this before, but I feel like I was exposed to different genres of music more regularly because it would be what came on the radio. And you don't mm-hmm. see that now because now you have the R&B charts, you have the country and it's all separated. I just think that sucks. But that I think there's also my rant a, a disconnect with what we do with other people as far as our friends and stuff go where as you guys i'm sure and i know sailors told the story before of just sitting around you know your bedroom listening to music and album after album after album yeah. and that was the cool thing to do where no one does that anymore you know no you listen to everyone's some music, a, you listen to music um, in the car and that's about it you know yeah everyone's on social media now exactly well that's and like also taking like the place when people come over we used to put music on and just sit around and listen to it yeah we'd like either be smoking pot or you know 
just hanging out. And that's what you did. It was, it was, you didn't need to watch something or do, I don't know. And can you imagine now just inviting people over and being like, we're just going to sit in the living room and have some drinks and listen to music. People will be like, what the fuck? It's like, oh yeah, I got the latest album from Metallica. You know, <laughs> yeah. you got to come over and check yeah, it out. Yeah, you got to listen to this, like, man. Yeah. We got to talk. And then it's you would great. talk about it and you'd listen to it over and over. And yeah, the world sucks. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway. Okay, get off back my to lawn. <laughs> yeah, get off my lawn. I'm shaking my fist at it. Um, okay, so let's talk about the tracks that are on this album. And then we can kind of go into the sound of it. So you had... Here are the hits. You had um, Tube Snake Boogie and Pearl Necklace. Uh, Yeah. Perfect for the kids, the little kitties, for the children. Um, Super G-rated. Just kidding. Um, And you had uh, I Want to Drive You Home, 10-Foot Pole, uh, Layla, Don't Tease Me, It's So Hard, Groovy Little Hippie Pad, Heaven, Hell, or Houston, and Party on the Patio. So this is the uh, first album we're going to talk about. What do you think, guys? Interesting album. Um, they were definitely trying a lot of things. Mm-hmm. They were getting a little experimental, and I think the the word transitional is perfect, Sailor. Um, there's a very – considering what came before and what is yet to come, I see a little bit of what is – little bit of a foreshadowing of what is yet to come in this album, but it's like they've left a lot of their past behind in this uh, for sure. They're really starting to turn the corner and go in a new musical direction. They're coming more um, experimental. Um, they're starting to even toy with ballads and with like Leela and It's So Hard, which are actually pretty, the more I listen to them, the more I like those. I know those were two favorites of Ray's mm-hmm. and uh, he said it before, and those are, are good songs. Um, overall, I think the more I listen, I've listened to it a couple more times since the last failed recording. And I think I was a little harsher on it before, but I am starting to, it's starting to grow on me. Although I do think that out of all the albums we've uh, listened to so far, this kind of ranks towards the bottom for me, but um, yeah, party on the patio is, is kind of a fun song there at the end. Um, of course, everybody knows tube snake boogie pretty much and pearl yes, necklace, and pearl necklace. Yes. <laughs> uh, but uh, so overall um, it's an okay album. It's got its moments, um, you know, but Far from their best work. What's funny to me is that <clears throat> we've talked in the past about how you weren't, didn't listen to certain music. And Jake had talked about in the past, like he wasn't allowed to listen to certain songs and albums mm-hmm. and stuff. And um, same for me. If my mom, I mean, the minute she saw the cover of Madonna's Like a Virgin album, she was like, you can't listen to that. And here you have a song like Pearl Necklace and Tube Snake Boogie. And, you know, that was fine in my parent, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I couldn't listen to, like, uh, I don't know, you know, Metallica or something. I just, yeah. I find that really funny. Matt, what do you think about this album? Well, I can't really add much to what Ed said because I'm almost in total agreement with him. The one thing I will say is that, as we've seen before, talking about other bands, that transitional album, when you're moving into a new decade or there's just a new sound that you're experimenting with, it's almost it, never a home run. It's never a home run. It's what comes after. It's that second album after you start experimenting. That's the most important and will really dictate whether you're moving forward or you're taking steps backward. Um, and, you know, we'll get into that when we continue here, but um you know, this album really didn't do anything for me. I got to say, I'm neither here nor there on it. I wasn't overly impressed. There's some good music in there, but it's a band that's in transition. That's all I can say. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with both of you guys. I don't really have anything else to add to it, except that, you know, like I said, I do think it was pivotal. Now, looking back on it, like you see, now that we know what's to come, you see that happening. Um, so that's always interesting as a look back. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I want to talk about is um, how these are listed. I want to talk about the genre. So 
when this was released in 1981, it was just rock, right? Even hard rock, it was considered. There was there really wasn't other. They were considered a blues band and maybe blues rock band early on, but that was it. There wasn't Texas blues like. Right. Now it's synth rock, hard rock, boogie rock, blue. This shit didn't exist. This was a rock band and even a hard rock band is what they were considered at the time. So if we move on to Eliminator, which is their eighth studio album, Eliminator comes out in 1983. And I think this is one of the most iconic album covers for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the hot rod with the flames and it's a ZZ top on top of it. Um So here's what's going on in music in 1983. You've got Every Breath You Take by The Police, Billie Jean by Michael Jackson, Flashdance by Irene Cara, Down Under, Men at Work, Beat It by Michael Jackson, Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of the Heart, Maneater, Holland Oates, um... Sweet Dreams by the Eurythmics, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me, Culture Club. Heavy, heavy hitters Um, right there. Yeah, good old Eddie Rabbit's back again with Crystal Gale, (laughs) you and I. Um, Come On Eileen by Dexie's Midnight Runners. Donna Summer, She Works Hard for the Money. Duran Duran, Hungry Like a Wolf. And another artist that is pivoting. David Bowie with Let's Dance. Dude. So, Sailor, you Those just pretty much read off one of my mixtapes that I, totally. I made recording music oh, off the going. radio. You guys, I can keep going time. on and the there's electric Those were all Avenue. playing on the radio at the same time. The same time. So, yeah. She Blinded Me with Science, Thomas Dolby, Africa, Toto, Prince, Little Red Corvette, uh, Chain Gang, The Pretenders, Mr. Roboto, Sticks. <sighs> yeah. Like, um, Dirk Kamazar, After the Fire, Putting on the Ritz by Taco, Sexual Healing by Martin Gay, um, men, Safety Dance, Men Without Hats. It's like Separate Ways by Journey, One on One by Hall and Oates. It goes on and on and on. Uh, Kenny Rogers, We've Got Tonight, 1999 by Prince, Stray Cat Strut. Really, all I can say is, down. <laughs> thank God and, this is the era that's that formed my taste in music, right? I mean, we literally, I'm telling you, every I can go down, I've got the 100 in front of me. You know, every single song from this 100 list, all of it. Hum- Photograph Def Leppard, <laughs> Asia, Don't Cry. Jo- I mean, it, it's insane, like insane. So, this is what they're releasing this album to, right? Okay, so let's talk about the tracks on this album. So you've got Give Me All Your Lovin', Got Me Under Pressure, Sharp Dress Man, I Need You Tonight, I Got the Six, Legs, Thug, TV Dinners, Dirty Dog, If I Could Only Flag Her Down, and Bad Girl. So now let me add to that insane list that I just read out to you guys. So that crazy top 100 list includes Give Me All Your Lovin', Got Me Under Pressure, and Sharp Dress Man and Legs. All in the same freaking year. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, this is how ZZ Top did not get lost in the shuffle, was launching this album. And this is the album, I think, that really pushed them into superstardom. Um, for sure. I know this is where this is when I discovered them, for sure. It was these songs. It was, they were... Again, talk about t- perfect timing. They came. This is when MTV was just had really hit it mainstream. Uh, started in eighty one. By eighty three, they were they were really established, and ZZ Top was just there at the right time. And with this album, and they um, got together with um, oh, I forget his name, the producer. It's uh, actually Randy Newman's brother. You know, Randy Newman who. Uh, mm-hmm produce the songs you got a friend of me etc he's the one who produced these videos and they got you know the car and the girls and they had these guys the fuzzy guitar um, they had like a story you know where they were like the uh these these mysterious guys who would appear and um take you know these young people who lives really sucked and make them great or something like do something they all had that reoccurring theme through all this these uh videos which uh, that just worked um and yeah so iconic but uh, this is 
yeah, how can I, this album, I, mean, I have seriously. the CD, I've listened to this ad nauseum um, over the years. Um, such good stuff. The thing, one of the cool things too, is that Billy Gibbons, like, I think I talked, I can't remember if I talked about this last show or the episode that pooped out, but um, Billy Gibbons, his, the way he would experiment with guitar sounds, um, with uh, utilizing, you know, different combos of amplifiers and hybrid amps. And um, mm-hmm. he would, he the way he wanted his guitars engineered. Um, and I remember reading an article, uh, the engineer was Terry Manning, I believe. And I remember him saying, you know, he I felt like he was almost on the verge of feedback, like every everybody was like on pins and needles. Like they were so, cause it was the first time he was doing the sound and it was like any second now they had to like, you know, do, do something because he was almost going to, and then he didn't. Um, but they said it was really, it's, it was difficult to keep in tune cause of it, cause it was very resonant, but you, that's, that's that sound that he creates, right. That, and then you know that now and to hear oh, about yeah. that, how that happened was really, really kind of cool, but that's Billy experimenting. And he, like that's one of the things I will I want to say about them is like they didn't give a shit. They were like just so open to experimentation and trying new things and new sounds and that that is such a mark of a talented musician in my opinion. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The guitar tone on this album, I mean, you can just take a couple of riffs off just like five seconds of guitar off this album, show it to anyone else, anyone who's familiar with this, they'll immediately recognize it as ZZ Top. Yep. Can't be mistaken for anyone else. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, to me, it's, and I don't throw this out there that easily, but it's one of those albums that defines a decade. I mean, to me, at least it does. I mean, from front to back, this album is just like the 1980s, you know? Totally. Um, I mean, unbelievably tight. The vocals are clean. You know, production quality is off the charts and, you know, it's a band that didn't lose their swag through a transition. So they kind of made the transition their bitch in, in a way. They're like, we're fucking ZZ Top. We got this blue swag. That. We got this blue swag and we're not going to cave to um, we're not going to be the slave to a new style of music that's popular, a new a new sound that's popular. We're going to take it and make it our bitch. I mean, that's what they did. You're um, absolutely right. I mean, these guys. I mean, they wrote a song about TV dinners and they made it fucking sexy. <laughs> yes, TV I'll dinners. Such a great song. The same way yeah. again. You know. Yeah, I say that like the unsung hero of this album. I TV agree. Dinners. It absolutely. is an unsung hero. Yeah, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um, my dad was a car guy and so was my grandfather on, on my dad's side. And, um, every, I only saw my dad in the summers and, uh, they would always have a car project. So my grandfather retired, um, and, uh, became a used car salesman, but the two of them could, they knew how to work on cars and they would fix up classic cars and then sell them. Mm, And my dad was very good with, with machinery so I remember every summer I would be excited to see what car, you know, they were working on and they had a Ford coupe. I don't oh, know. Nice. So yeah, on this album, it's a 33 Ford coupe that's in the video and on the album. I don't know. I have no idea what it didn't look that good, of course, but well, I'll, I'll um, tell you what, this was one of my dream cars. As soon as I saw this on MTV, you know, 13 sure. year old Ed is like, <laughs> this has been like one of my dream cars ever since. I mean, forget <laughs> The Ferraris, forget the Lamborghinis. I would take one of these over each either one of those any day of the week. Hell yeah. Come on. How cool is this? I remember my dad though going, this is the, well, my dad's like, this is the ZZ top car. And he was just teasing me, you know, and I really thought it was, I didn't, I'm little. (laughs) I was like, oh, my dad's so cool. (laughs) So I have to agree, Matt, about TV dinners. Um, I mean, aside from all the other big hits just, but it's so funny because, and I I told this story in the, in the episode that didn't make it, but sharp dress man has a a really special place uh, in, in my little heart because uh, I happened to be um, in upstate New York. It was again in a summer and I was visiting my dad's family and I haven't, I have an aunt that's only eight years older than me. So she was a super cool, like, 
I think I'm sure she had grad. Yeah, she had graduated high school at this point, but she was just like cool older sister to me almost. Mm-hmm. And um, we were at a she she took me out to the pub that they all used to hang out at. Her and her, you know, uh, high school friends, and it was with her and her boyfriend. And um, there was this guy that they were friends with. And my grandmother's house was the type of house where all the kids hung out, even as adults. There's always fifty thousand people in the house, and who knew who knew who they were. So they they had this one friend, and he was always very scruffy looking. And apparently, he had been asked to be a best man in a family wedding, and um, so he had gotten all dressed up. But he promised that he'd come by the pub that night to to tell show everybody what he looked like, because I guess he was like just a really dirty guy. <laughs> and I remember him being like super scruffy. Before that was a cool look. And so he calls the bartender ahead and says, okay, I'm going to come in at this time exactly. And I want you to put on the jukebox, sharp dressed man, and he's going to make his entrance. And, you know, it's a townie bar, so they all know each other. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, he tells... Call, he he tells the bartender to go tell my aunts, my uncle Jeff. And so my uncle Jeff's like, okay, everybody. Okay, it gets everybody's attention. Like, all right, everybody. There's going to be, you know, something's going to happen. And so the song comes on and he opens the door and he's wearing, you know, the blue, <laughs> the blue wedding tux, the typical of the oh, early 80s. Yeah. And his hair was combed back and he's doing With the whole the, uh, like. carnation on the lapel. Yes. <laughs> white carnation. And, yes. And he pulls the comb out of his back pocket and he's like combing his hair back. Every girl's crazy about a shark. Every girl crazy about a shark dance man. Oh, and I just, the whole place oh. erupted. It was so hilarious. I, I can just visualize it. <laughs> yes, it's like, the one was, chance to see me dressed up, it. he's going to make the most of it. That was his one moment of fame, poor guy. <laughs> he peaked at that moment. He don't, I can tell you for a fact that was his peak moment. <laughs> All right, uh, so um, do we want to say anything else about this album in specific? I mean, other than that. I think I've what, said all I need to say about it. Well, yeah. what was happening in the last album, they really, really kind of came into it in this album, for sure. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. And all of the music videos, if anybody out there is listening that has not seen these music videos, by God, for the love of all things evil and holy, please go to YouTube and just watch all the ZZ Top videos. They're phenomenal. Okay. So... Let's move on to the next album. That is Eliminator. All right, so. Afterburner, you mean. Oh, sorry. Afterburner. We just did Eliminator. (laughs) Yeah, that I said that was Eliminator. We're moving on to Afterburner. Don't fuck with me. Okay. (laughs) I said that was. Oh, my God, whatever. (laughs) Moving on to Afterburner. Jesus. October of 1985. Now this is considered synth rock. So there, <laughs> to me, they nothing's changed, but that's just what it was considered. Now let's go over the charts, uh, the Hot 100 of 1985. Much like the last album, this is a mind-blowing. So you've got Careless Whisper by Wham, Like a Virgin Madonna. Um, Wham again, Wake Me Up Before You Go. I want to know what love is, foreigner. I feel for you, Shaka Khan. God, I love that song. Out of touch by Hall and Oates. Tear for tears for fears. Everybody wants to rule the world. Dire straits. Money for nothing. Madonna, crazy on you. Aha, take on me. Um, let's keep going to Huey Lewis. Power of love. Cool in the gang. Uh, the heat is on. Glenn Fry. You've got Stevie Wonder. Whitney Houston. Uh, Billy Ocean, Loverboy, another huge one. Uh, Phil Collins, One More Night, Rhythm of the Night, The Barge, Pointer Sisters, Neutron Dance, uh, Duran Duran, two songs, View to a Kill and Wild Boys. Uh, Chicago, my, it just, Aretha Franklin is on, <laughs> back on the charts. Corey Hart's Never Surrender, Phil Collins, Susudio. It's this is it's madness. Aretha Franklin was this must have been Pink Cadillac about that. No, time? it was a uh, free way of love. Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah, free way. That was the song. I yeah, 
That's the song. Talking about riding on the freeway in her pink Cadillac. Yep. We have Tina Turner. We don't need another hero, for Christ's sakes. Also, Madonna's Material Girl. How many times Um, did you say Phil Collins? Did you say him three times or twice? Oh, I think he's like four times on here, to be honest. I forgot how big he was in the 80s. Oh, Oh, God. I mean, mean, when he went solo, you know, like how big he was. Madonna has like four. Hollow Notes has a ton of them. Heart, What About Love. David Lee Roth, California Girls, which was a huge hit. Um, Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. I mean, yeah, Sting is one. on here. <laughs> the, the, yeah, it's yeah. just this is madness. And so this is this is when they are releasing um, this album. And uh, so, <laughs> so funny. Um, this album went gold uh, many times. Uh, and so your tracks on this are Sleeping Bag, Stages, Woke Up With Wood, Rough Boy, Can't Stop Rockin', Planet of Women, I Got the Message, Velcro Fly, Dipping Low, and Delirious. Now, you have less technical hits on this album, but Sleeping Bag became massive. Like, you could not get away from that song. And I love that song. But oh, that not to mention Rough Boy. Rough if Boy you watched too, on but, TV, that video played over constantly as well. But Sleeping Bag was, <clears throat> ma- I mean, that stayed on the radio forever and ever and ever. Um, huge, huge hit. So, um, again, you you have, I feel like in this album, they shifted more into that synth sound and kind of went went a little, in my opinion, too far away from their rock sound. I think they went too far. That's what I have to say about this album. Well, yeah, it was definitely a product of its time. And this was another album. I was a huge fan of this album as well. And as far as hits on the album, I think it it equaled, if not surpassed, what would be considered hits um, as far as sounds, songs on the album relative to the others um, compared to Eliminator. Um, But it's just a different sound. I know this sound hit turned off turns off some people i love it i think it's again this is a product of its time this still takes me back to that era um so i'm more forgiving of this type sound than maybe someone like a newer listener would be like matt um but yeah i really enjoy this album the song stages i think is a freaking awesome song um rough boys great even like velcro fly can't stop i mean I listened to this album the other day in my car, and this is another one back to back with Eliminator. I can just listening listen from front to back and and love it the whole way through, mm-hmm. pretty much. So that's my take on it. I'm loving it. I mean, to me, it's like they stepped in quicksand right after they released Eliminator, and they just sank. excuse me. <laughs> they <laughs> oh stepped in quicksand, and they started sinking. Uh, first of all, this album cover is fucking horseshit. <laughs> a terrible fucking album cover. Just, I don't know. It's just terrible. I feel it's it's something that's like on a fifth grade science book or something. Like, um, you know, I don't know. Just, oh I don't know. It's just terrible. Um, I mean, I'll repeat what I said, although with different feelings than El Loco, but it, there's there's good music in here somewhere. Um, after listening Somewhere, to the after listening over the place after listening to the album two or three times, um, still trying to find it. Uh, I like Pl- Planet of Women was cool, um, just because it gave me some visuals, I guess. But um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, woke up with woke up with wood. I mean, we can all relate to that, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, I, I he was lying near a pile of wood. Actually, he right. said so. What do you <laughs> <laughs> That's Is what that he meant by woke up with wood. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll, I'll agree with you on Rough Boy. Rough Boy is a, a decent song. Sleeping Bag, Sexy obviously. Guitar. Yeah, but Sleeping uh, Bag is like one of my favorite ZZ Top. Songs it's a good ever. song. It's a good song. Um, Although I was looking at some of their newer set lists from their like recent tours and they don't really play it, um, which which surprises me, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Such a big hit for them. But yeah, I mean, that's just, yeah, it's it's just coming off Eliminator. I mean. 
Well, how do you come off Eliminator? Exactly. That's something. How do you? I mean, do my that? expectations yeah. are already down here. So, and that's it. I mean, because we see this time. I mean, it's just the formula for these bands that yeah. you, the transitional sound going into a new decade. This is the this is the formula. You know, very rarely do they string two or three or four albums in a row that are, you know, out of this world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. But yeah, the album cover. Well, yeah, the album cover is not great. But it looks like most of the other album covers. At the, I mean, I could pull up like 20 that looked very similar. It was all about space and journey. Like journey and Asia and who I could just tons of yeah, them. Yeah. Europe. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Well, uh, <clears throat> I mean, are we done talking about them? Do we, do we move to our. Sailor, you never really said what uh, you thought about this album. I did, didn't I? No. Oh. Not this, um, this time around anyway. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm forgetting. I agree with both of you, strangely. Uh, I'm kind of... Hmm. This is a fucking phenomenal album. Like, Interesting. It just is. Um, but it it's hard. I just think it's impossible to come off of Eliminator. Um I I just you what not much could stand up to that album. I and and like I said I think they moved too much into the synth sound and too much away from their rock. I think they went I think you know Eliminator is the perfect place in there and that transition away from the rock it was just too much for me in this album. So um although like I said Sleeping Bag is one of my all-time top favorite uh, ZZ Top songs. The rest of the album is just lacking for me against the other albums. I and I have to say that because they're one of my favorite bands. They're phenomenal. They're incredible. But against Eliminator, I can't. I can't. It's tough to follow that. Yeah, yeah. it's. I mean, it's, very. Yeah, like I yeah. said, I think if they would have stayed in that same place they were at with Eliminator, which, you know, of course, as a musician, you want to continue to grow and and develop and change. The album could have been a lot better, you know, but going too far into that synth rock just doesn't do it, or that synth doesn't do it for me. So that's my thoughts. All right. Mm-hmm. So where does that leave us here? Who the fuck knows? We have to do some voting, I guess, how we want to yep. structure this. Yep. So we've got five albums on the table as it stands. <laughs> well, should we just do these three and then move, pick a winner from these three? Let's okay. do these. Th- yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Agreed. Yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm eliminator. Eliminator. No, no question. You know, it, it to me, it, it, it's obviously down to the two albums, eliminator and afterburner. And as much as I love afterburner, I still got to go. I got to make it unanimous and go eliminator, eliminator but it's by a slimmer margin definitely than matt and maybe even sailor too because these are both great albums but uh yeah eliminator for me all right so that leaves us with eliminator tres hombres and degueo we have to choose between those three right Mm-hmm. okay i need a second play a song please so i can gather my thoughts Okay, who wants to start? Not me. <laughs> I'll start. Okay. Go for it, Matt. Man, talk about... Uh, I'm, I'm just going to say I'm not picking Trace Ombres. So to me... Uh, and it's just on the strength of these other two albums, really. There's nothing against Trace Ombres. They're just, it's just not as good as these... Eliminator or Degueo. My wife will kill me if I can't even say this word. Degueo. It's like, to me, it's it's a tale of two two bands. You know? 
Yeah. It's like apples <laughs> and oranges almost. Yeah. No, you're absolutely that's a really I good I love point. them both for two different re- for two yes. completely different reasons. Uh-huh. Um and you're talking only four years. You know, not many bands change this much over just four years. I know. But except for um Pantera, maybe. Pantera oh, well, yeah. Touche. Metallica. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think of who. Yeah, yeah good point Metallica. Great, good, great point. <laughs> great point. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. They might they might set the standard for that. Actually, the image yeah, comes I up think, immediately. Yeah, they that, take the cake for for sure. that hair yeah. rock. Whatever the hell. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. By an absolute ball hair. I have to take Eliminator. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. But then that's, by a ball yeah. hair, apparently yes. Matt is choosing hair. Eliminator. That's by a primped, by a very primped ball hair. Yes. <laughs> I have to choose. I have to choose Eliminator. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> That's how close it is, folks. That's how close it is. <laughs> That's pretty close. Let's not split hairs here. Like, and I will, I, I, I will, I will, I will, I will lend my decision to this one fact: is that they owned their transition, and that is the yes. only thing that I will give Eliminator to: is that they made that transition again. I'll say it, they're bitch. They did. So yeah. the balls. And just just doing what they not balls again. There you go. And um, all about balls. <laughs> um, they they did what many bands fail to do, and they did that. So I have to give it to a limiter. That close, folks. Matt, that close. I agree with so much of what you said. Yeah. Um, I've got very similar feelings. It's like almost like two different bands. There are similarities, of course, but it's. Uh, it, it's 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 so hard you know anyway um <laughs> to compare these two albums um but you know what because of my own personal experience with the band Illuminator was was my introduction to zz top and it's going to be always going to be my sentimental favorite album so just for that reason alone i got to go with Illuminator. Not that I don't love the previous work, but uh, yeah, Laminator just just is it for me. Ed, um, do you have raised choices? Um, yeah. Should we do his and then mine, or do his last? I guess we can do his. Let's just do. I his. know he he was he. I think he was going for Laminator as well. Yep. Although he, he, I, I know that he was a lot um, more favorable towards El Loco than I think yes. the rest of us were. He was, yeah. But uh, yeah, ultimately, I think it was going to come down to uh, Lemaitre for him as well. All right. So um, this, I mean, this one in some, in one way was very hard, and in another way it was very easy. ZZ Top is a phenomenal band, incredible musicians. Billy does not get enough accolade, in my opinion. Um, I feel like he should get as many accolades as Eddie Van Halen gets because of what he did with guitar sounds. Because of just, you know, yeah, like great Eddie Van Halen played this one style of rock really well and he was incredible and he's a great showman. But man, Billy Gibbons deserves so much. He just, he's just amazing what he, you know, he created that sound for them, you know, and moved through those transitions in such interesting ways. And even though I disagree with where Afterburner went, it's still freaking phenomenal album if you're not putting it up against something else, you know, so just incredible. But just like all of you guys, it is Eliminator for me. I just can't. Imagine not choosing Eliminator if I'm forced to choose one. Okay. You know know what's so amazing, too, is that we've had very close battles before. Very, very close battles where it's very tough for uh, for all of us to pick an album. But I think this is the only this is the first time I can remember and correct me if I'm wrong, where 
it was so close between two albums that were very, very different. Usually the yeah. two albums we're battling sound kind of mm-hmm. similar, mm-hmm. but this is the first time I can remember the two albums being so distinctly different. different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think we all folks. kind of had the same reasons. Yeah. I think we had the same methodology in how we chose. Sure. It sounded like as well. Very, very similar. I mean, you and I say, I think maybe more so than Matt, because he's yeah. coming from a lot different perspective, mm-hmm. but, um, but Yeah. Eliminator it is. Well, Eliminator. Living up to its name. Oh, and one other point I wanted to make. Um, One other uh, guitarist, you were talking about Billy Gibbons. Um, I think you could compare him to uh, another one of his contemporaries would be The Edge from U2. that's That's a good point. I mean. Yeah. As far as experimenting with sounds and coming up with a unique signature sound. Sure. Although the differentiator to me is I don't think the edge drove their entire sound. And I don't think he necessarily launched a genre where Billy Gibbons did. Billy Gibbons launch is responsible for launching Texas blues, um, blues, synth, rock synth, like all. I mean, he's responsible for so many subgenres and really driving their sound. Um, but I see where you're coming from, but I would still put him far ahead, light years ahead. I put him light years ahead of a lot of guitarists. And it's, you know, when we did our favorite best guitarists, all of that, I started off with a list of 100 and then I took it down to 50. And then I think when we were ready for the show, we had like a 10, but we could only say a top five. And Billy Gibbons was in there. And I think the problem is that when we do like, guitarists ever in all genres that's really hard i think if we had done rock separate from metal billy would have been way higher for me in rock maybe all the way up there in rock versus metal for sure it's a great point too and i think that and i could probably speak from people my age and younger looking at this band is that there are some bands that you look at them more as a collective than you do as individual musicians which, you know, not taking anything away from their talent as individual mus- musicians, but to me, ZZ Top was always just the collective, you know, it mm, wasn't yeah. like, you know, not knowing their names or, you know, their musical mm-hmm. backgrounds, whereas some bands you look at and it's four distinct pieces that came together and just made beauty. Well, this to me, you know, it was good doing this for me anyway, that I could see their individual histories and everything that each one of them brought to the table. So it was kind of cool in that regard for me. Also, I think, when I remember hearing this, and I don't, I wish I remembered who said it. Uh, it was in an interview with a musician years and years ago. You know, you hear somebody like, let's say, you know, someone that, okay, let's use an Eddie Van Halen for example. Like the 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 musicians that are kind of step out of their music for a minute and do their noodling, and you know have like showcase that intricacy they seem to get more notoriety than the musicians that give you music that's easy to listen to and i think for the lay person and i'm certainly not a talented guitarist but it's much more difficult to create intricate sounds that are easy to listen to and i think that's why they don't get the accolades as much as like eddie van halen who's going to step out front and be like all that crap you know it's it's because it's just so easy to listen to. But if you really like break it apart and listen to just the guitar sounds and think about, you know, what what is possible technologically during that time, I th- those people deserve a lot more credit than they get. I think it's just because it's just so damn easy to listen to their music. Mm-hmm. We don't think about it as much. And that's my two cents. Thanks for sticking around, listeners. We hope you enjoyed that discussion as much as we did. And as always, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Metal Rock Whiskey. We also have a super cool Facebook group under Spirit of Rock Podcast Network. And follow us individually on Instagram. You can find me at the Whiskey Obsessor. That is Whiskey Save the E. Ed. Sailor. Sa- Sailor. <laughs> Lord. Jeez. I'm Sailor. Sailor Retro, you can find me all over the internet. All right. And they can find me at Bourbon Geek on Instagram. And hey, listeners, if you love us or even just like us, 
even a little bit, uh, please hit that subscribe button. Give us a review because it does matter to us. And of course, tune in next week for another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. Fuck you, Lars. Later, everyone. Stay home. Hey, this is Sailor, and you're listening to a Spirit of Rock Podcast Network show. Find this show and many others at spiritofrockpods.com.